With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Rick Munn is locked and loaded on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Wow, wow, wow. What a morning, eh? What a morning. It's been Thursday, the 1st of February. We're in the February. There's little daffodils springing up through the soil. I've been paying attention to the shrubs and the trees around here, being the old hippie that I am. Can't you tell by my lovely flowing locks? I love to hug trees and sing Kumbaya at the campfire while toasting marshmallows. Not really, but it's good to see a little stretch in the nights coming in. Uh, It's getting two minutes of daylight. Every day between now and June the 20th, I think it is until the clock or the days get shorter again. So every day that goes by, you get an extra two minutes of daylight and it's a little bit brighter in the mornings too. And without being cheesy and naff and cringe, let's hope TNT is bringing a little brightness to your mornings as well. And let's hope that it is. And I think it is because, listen, we're getting a lot of good feedback. We have quite the roster on at the minute in the mornings. We've got Dean Mackin banging it out at 6 a.m. UK time. And then we have Sonia Poulton. Then we have Abby Roberts. And then Nat and I. And then me, James Freeman. And on into the afternoon. It's a pretty solid lineup, especially if you're tuning in from the UK or Australia uh, in the middle of the night in, in America. Not too many people there. But we want to believe that we're brightening some people's days as much as the spring sunshine is. So there you go. There's a little uh, sound clip for anybody that wants to do some cheesy promotion for TNT. Coming up this hour, I'm going to be talking to uh, Gemma Cooper, of course, and also uh, Jeff Thompson. Uh, He has a really cool uh, YouTube channel called Jeff Buys Cars. We're going to be talking about his experiences trying to sample EVs. He's a petrol head at heart. He knows what time it is. But, you know, he gave the Tesla a crack. He took it out for a test drive. He gave a very brutal summary about what that was all about and the war on motorists. I'm going to be talking to him at 20 past the hour. And then Darren Ansel from Northern Ireland is going to be joining me from the VIBS NI group, the Vaccine Injured and Bereaved group, Northern Ireland, about progress that's being made to get their voices heard here in Northern Ireland. So still uh, plenty to come before the top of the hour. Uh, Yeah, in fact, you know what we'll do? We've got a lot to cover with Gemma. So we'll take a brief pause right now just to let you know that this is TNT and we will be right back with plenty of truth on the platter for your consumption after this short break. Keeping the commitment 24-7. I come to you for facts. I really appreciate what you and your team do. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Just commenting, I I think I am a little bipolar, possibly. I've been hit on the head so many times. People have been kicked in the head. My head has went through walls. I've been smacked over the head. Lots of blows to the head. My wife says, it's affected you. You know, it's affected you. And some days I'm woo, and some days I'm ooh, and some days I'm downright nasty. So you've caught me on a good day today, Gemma. What do you reckon? Well, I, I got the impression there that your wife was the one hitting you around the head for a second. I was getting an image. <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully not. I'm not a battered husband, thank God. But yeah, she can have her moments. My wife looks like an angel. I'm not going to lie. She looks like an angel, a vision from God. But boy, oh boy, does she have a temper on her too. And when she gets angry, I run. I'm I'm a pretty big guy. I can handle myself. But when my wife gets angry, I get the hell out of the house, Gemma. I ain't taking no chances with a fram pan to the head. No, thank you. 
Well, they do say, don't they, behind every strong man, there's an even stronger woman. So I'm getting a very uh, clear domestic picture of your life outside of TNT here. I, I think I might come over and meet your wife. I'd like her. I'd like her. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. She, well, you know, keep keep on her good side. That's all I'm saying to you. Keep on her good side and you'll be golden. You'll be absolutely golden. And speaking of being absolutely golden, you know, the golden child or at least she was a child many, many years ago when she burst onto the scene. Oh, Greta Thunberg seems to be falling foul of the law, at least on paper. Anyway, she's finding herself up in court at the minute under protest charges. What's going on with our Greta? Yeah, I thought I'd bring this one to the table today because it's a current story. She's in court right now in the UK as we speak. She's taking the stand. It's a magistrate's court. It's not a criminal case. It's, it's Well, it is. It is a criminal case, but it's not one of the really serious ones that land you in Crown Court. But yeah, I thought you and I, we haven't really talked about little Greta. Greta Thunberg, Thunberg, whatever you want to call her. Um, and since I joined TNT, which is four months now, I've been at the station, uh, the channel, uh, which is great for me. But we have, you and I haven't really sort of, uh, sort of taken her to task. Um, I'm sure other programs have. But she's in court as we speak, and she was charged with breaching a public order offence after a protest last year. She was arrested last October, uh, and she was outside the Intercontinental Hotel in Mayfair, which is one of the most you know posh parts of London. Uh, there was a load of oil executives inside the hotel meeting for the Energy Intelligence Forum and little Greta along with two people from Fossil Fuels for London and two Greenpeace activists were all arrested under breaching section 14 of the UK Public Order Act because they were blocking the entrance to the hotel. Now she appeared at Westminster Magistrates last year. She pleaded not guilty along with everybody else. Uh, protesters were outside chanting when she was charged and she put her plea in uh, along with the others and they're outside court today as well. They've been gathering there since quarter to nine this morning to show their solidarity for everybody involved. They're from Fossil Free London, those uh, those uh, supporters. Um, but what I think is interesting here is, yeah, she's fallen from grace because I think if this had been when she was the little uh, I don't want to say fresh face, but, you know, goblin face 16 year old that was first launched onto the public stage, just as all 16 year olds do. You managed to get to share a stage with the president of the United States. We know that doesn't happen every day. So there's clearly orchestration here. But, you know, she could put no foot wrong, could she? She could do no wrong. And I wonder if this had happened, you know, years ago when she you know, six years ago when she was 16 and she was being paraded around everywhere. Would she have been arrested or would they have said no no she's fighting for the planet this is really brilliant you know we all need to look at Greta as an example because that's how she was being held up but I wonder here she's been arrested she's been charged uh, she's pleaded not guilty so it's going before before the magistrates today um, and expected to last two days this hearing actually um, I just wonder is it's indicative of maybe the, the the authorities judging the public mood or everybody is just sick of it all and more people are seeing through the climate agenda. And also, you know, we had the Mona Lisa soup incident uh, just a few days ago in Paris. We've had activists, uh, you know, chaining themselves to portraits and pictures in the National Gallery in London. They're not really winning hearts and minds anymore, Just Stop Oil or Extinction Rebellion or any of the people that, you know, take to the streets. So, yeah, and I'm just interested generally, Rick, you know, I'm always interested to hear what you think about stuff, but I'm very interested to hear what you think about little Greta. Well, little Greta uh, was needed, I suppose. She filled the niche. Um, she was. She came out. She was banging on. I'll never forget that. You know, you've ruined my life. You've ruined my life, as she said in her comfortable little, you know, suburban home in Sweden. Somebody made a video mashup of uh, other kids' lives, 
For example, little children mining cobalt in Democratic Republic of Congo, four years of age, being beaten knee deep in mud every day. You know, he's saying, sorry, uh, we're ruining your life to provide you with the cobalt for your mobile phone, Greta. So she was very dramatic. And of course, she became an almost like a poster child for the World Economic Forum. And interestingly, in this day and age, Gemma, uh, the, the cult of celebrity or people need to look to people to be influenced, even though they've done nothing of any real substance. Greta Thunberg is one particular example. So what did she actually do? Apparently she stood at, you know, outside courthouses with a placard banging on about the climate. That's not really accomplishing anything. Then they uh, took her and developed her into this figure, much like uh, on a tangent, uh, Taylor Swift, the American pop star, uh, whoever she is, uh, she's now being enlisted by the Democrats. She's putting Instagram posts up telling young people to vote Democrat. And you know what? They'll do it. And they'll do it without thinking because they're a fan of this person, Taylor Swift. So it doesn't say a lot for the public these days when they could be influenced, for example, by a 16-year-old uh, standing outside Malmo Town Hall with a, you know, just stop oil placard or Taylor Swift crooning about whatever she croons about. That's enough to influence an entire generation. I think Greta's one of these people, but I'm sorry to say this, she's getting older now. And by older, what I mean is she's 20. And you can already see them looking for new spokespeople for climate. There's a little girl from Uganda that they had up at the last COP conference. I think she was 14. She was banging on about how her life was going to be destroyed if they didn't do something. So you can almost see them pushing for the younger generation. And I think Greta was the poster child for those teens. But she's getting a little bit old now. You know, if you if you ever deal with a teenager, they view 20 year old and upwards as ancient. So Greta is now ancient in the teen uh, climate change awareness terms. So she may be on her way out. Maybe they're going to bang her up in prison. I don't know. No, I don't. Well, I don't think she'll go to prison for this particular charge. But I, I find it interesting that she's been charged at all. I, I think, I, I think much like you that you know when she was younger and she looked exceptionally young, didn't she? When she was sixteen, she looked like an eleven-year-old. She still looks young now. Yeah. I think she's yeah. twenty-one, not twenty, but that could be my mistake. Um, yeah, twenty-one. Yeah, would twenty-one. 21. Would she been, have been arrested uh, years ago? I doubt very much that she. Would and I do think you've got you made a very very good point there. Um, you know they're they're bringing out even younger models to to program young minds, isn't it? It's to program and brainwash young minds for the for the future that very well could be ahead of us in terms of behaviour control restrictions on travel, all in the name of climate. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens. I mean, she's got her supporters outside of court today, um, but they're also there supporting everybody else that's been charged with the same offence. Um, but yeah, it seems that the the halo is is not quite as bright. Uh, now that she's she's a, in, an adult, um, and also just the orchestration of this, I really always liken Greta Thunberg to to Jimmy Savile because um, of the way that she suddenly was friends with all these, you're not friends, but appearing on stage with world leaders. You know, you don't that doesn't just happen. You don't just walk into a venue and climb up on stage and get on stage with Donald Trump. You are vetted and screened and 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 checked and checked again and checked again. And that's you know suddenly a, a BBC. Not particularly great DJ was friends with the royal family and hanging out with politicians. That doesn't just happen, as we all now know. We know the reasons why he was so close to the establishment, and everyone theorizes it's never really mm -hmm. been made public. But I think us have our own ideas, and I think TNT uh, viewers have their ideas about Jimmy Savile. But suddenly, this this BBC DJ was 
hanging out with the establishment. I can tell you, I, I couldn't get near the establishment when I worked at the BBC. You were told not to talk to the guests, you know, especially big politicians. And and if you did royal visits, you don't you don't go near them. You don't talk to them. You don't look them in the eye. Just got them in your job. Don't look them in the eye. Don't look them just by your head, curtsy, you know, when they're going past off, you know, bow and scrape. But yeah, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? Uh, that she, but do you know what? Here's the here's the problem. They all have their day in the sun. They all have their day in the sun, whether these shining stars are rising like meteors, but I liken them to fireworks. You know, uh, you look at the London fireworks display at the London Eye on New Year's Eve, just for a split second, that rocket's flying up into the sky. Everybody's going, ooh, ah, then it explodes and then you see all the flashes and then guess what? It goes dark and there's a little puff of smoke and then the old stick for the rocket falls down and hits the ground. And I think a lot of these people are very dispensable, Gemma. I think Greta's had her day. They're looking for the next person to come along. Look at somebody like Zelensky. He was everywhere for 18 months. He was in every parliament. He was begging all over the world. He was the red carpet rolled out for him. Now, you know, he wouldn't get invited to the opening of an envelope, uh, let alone anything else. Uh, so his day in the sun is also passing by. So Greta, she has her book. She wrote a book last year. I think it sold quite well. I would strongly advise her to milk whatever time she has left in the public eye, because I think her days are numbered and the writing is on the wall for little Greta from Sweden. Yeah, I, I I I agree. I think you you know they wheel them out. They serve a purpose. It's like people in the entertainment industry. It's, I mean, it's an entertainment kind of factor factor to this of like everyone going, oh look, what's she doing? Same with all celebrities, all pop stars. They serve an agenda, don't they? And and we're seeing that much more clearly now as as we kind of realise how the world is kind of really set up uh, to to make us behave in certain ways. And celebrity plays its part in that. And yeah, I think you're quite right. And Taylor Swift, another great example. I remember MTV. Remember MTV where they wheeled out Madonna, telling everybody to vote you know it was they're all just doing what they're told by the people that run them and, and no one's really got a mind of their own as long as they stay in their positions of fame money and influence like that, that feed their own egos they'll do whatever they are told to do by those that are really pulling the strings won't they they will and i'll tell you what they don't wheel madonna out for much these days and if they do wheel her out they literally wheel her out she's an old geriatric now she probably needs a zimmer frame or one of those rollators can you imagine her shuffling around tesco gemma doing her weekly shop dropping the old uh you know bovril <laughs> bovril into the shopping cart yeah she's uh she's well past her sell by date and of course they're replacing it with new people here's the key people Keep yourself viable. Keep yourself viable at all times. That's why I'm trying to be as professional as I can, because I could be discarded like a used Kleenex, the same as uh, Greta is, if I cease to become uh, useful <laughs> to TNT Radio. So bear that in mind as well as you're producing your content, all you other lovely people out there. But we've got to take a break now. That was just totally off the cuff. Uh, we've got to take a break right now. Uh, we've got Jeff Buys Cars coming in. And a big thank you to you, Gemma, uh, for bringing us that story this morning. All being well, we'll hook up again tomorrow morning for Open Line and you'll be back for James Freeman as well but please stay tuned for more here on TNT today's News Talk TNT Sonia Porton You feel the need to describe yourself along with being a useless eater free speech isn't a phobia as a male with a penis why would you feel the need to describe yourself as such? Well you never know these days do you? Anyone can have a penis apparently so just thought you better make sure everybody knows and that, and that is the reality, isn't it? Words have lost all meaning. And one of the things that I wanted you to come on and come and join me about and comment about is the whole issue of gender and transgenderism. Are you cis, Jack? No. There's no such thing. 
There was, there was literally no such thing until a couple of years ago, and it's, it's their religion, it's not mine, and I refuse to get involved with this sort of terminology. It's ridiculous. Sonia Poulton on today's News Talk TNT. Hi. I'm your retirement fear, but don't be scared. You're still in pre-tirement. Pre-tirement? Does that mean I have more time to plan? Precisely. Here, this is pretirement.org. Retirement savings options? (laughs) Potential tax breaks? Yep. Ooh. Oh, I could build up savings for my side hustle. This isn't scary. I'm doing it. You got this. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan. I'm Cal Fire Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez. And normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. Today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Okay, this is TNT, today's news talk, and I'm really happy to be joined for the first time here on Locked and Loaded by the one and only Jeff Thompson, a.k.a. Jeff Buys Cars. He describes himself as a writer and a car guy. He has a small YouTube channel. He must have uh, been writing that piece when he only had about 10 subscribers. He's got a very big YouTube channel, actually, and he just wants to be left alone to enjoy family and road trips. Well, sorry to burst your bubble this morning, Jeff, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I want to pick your brains and the EV nonsense that's going on and the all-out war on us motorists. How are you today? And welcome to TNT. Not so bad at all. How are we all doing? Oh, well, well we're, we're doing okay under the circumstances. Uh, you know, you're a car guy. I like my cars as well. I like my internal combustion engines. Thank you very much. And I know you do too, but you have a channel that's really dedicated towards cars. And to give you your juice, uh, Jeff, I checked the channel out. I like to spend a lot of time on YouTube anyway, and you've made some brilliant videos recently where you've dipped your toe. You've dipped your toe into the EV pool. You know, you've you've bit the bullet. You've seen what, what all the fuss was about, and you've tried to give a buy balanced view on what EVs are versus internal combustion engine cars being a petrol or a diesel head. What conclusion did you come to after being out in a Tesla for who knows how long? Uh, yeah, so I had the Tesla overnight and I think pe- people people get the impression that I am a, an EV hater. I'm really not. I don't have a problem with electric vehicles. All of my problems with electric vehicles stem from the fact that we're being forced into them 
And yeah. the, the fact that they wouldn't they wouldn't sell as a viable proposition if you remove all of the government subsidies. So we started uh, tail end of last year doing these road trips where we do diesel versus electric and myself and another another YouTuber. We did three of them and we proved pretty conclusively across three videos that you're better off with a cheap old diesel. And uh, then I thought, you know what, I'm going to have to go try this Tesla thing and see what it's all about. And I didn't hate it. But there's, for me, too many elephants in the room. There's too many things that you have to ignore. If you're going to jump on the EV thing, you have to basically live within a little bubble of ignoring all of the major aspects that are going on around the EV thing, notwithstanding the fact that they're expensive and many people are business users and they're getting into these EVs for tax reasons and not so much environmental reasons. So... You know, the channel the, the channel was never about bashing EVs. The channel was just about, like you said in the intro, leave me alone to enjoy my old cars. But that mm -hmm. seems to be happening less and less with creeping taxation of fuel prices and low traffic neighborhoods and all of this anti-car stuff that we've got going on. And people seem to now look to the channel, uh, you know, for uh, updates and guidance on what the next ludicrous anti-car agenda is. And it, yeah, it seems to be growing. You not think? Uh, do you not think the bubble is bursting anyway, whether or not we are contributing to that or not? And by that, what I mean is, uh, people were, were buying EVs on the, you know, the, it's the next big thing. It's clean. It's efficient. It's cheaper to charge that thing than it is to, you know, fill up your old car with diesel or petrol. There's going to be a network of charging things. You're not going to have to worry about polluting the atmosphere. You're going to not pay any road tax on it. It's going to be cheap to insure, and so on and so forth. But one by one, these dominoes seem to be falling down, especially the insurance front now as a diesel driver a proud and unashamed diesel driver i've even seen my insurance premiums jump up this year but some of the uh ev premiums some insurance companies it's almost like they don't want to take on the liability i've seen quotes for five six thousand quid for the year coming from people with clean driving licenses you know no claims discount through the roof but yet it almost seems to be some insurance companies are subtly trying to wash their hands of the evs given that they're a massive fire hazard and when those things go up my friend it takes about three days to put the fire out what do you reckon yeah I, I completely agree i think the insurance one is interesting because it's not just down to evs that the problem you know we are still seeing a knock-on of the impact that we had on the car market even during corona when we had uh, not enough microchips to go around essentially and that is still playing into the insurance costs today so modern cars they're much more complex to fix which means when cars are crashed and insurance companies have to deal with them, everything is more expensive. And now because of delays on parts, everything is taking longer. So when your claim goes through, instead of your car being fixed in a week, it's taking three weeks and that costs a lot more money. So that has a big knock on effect to the price of insurance. So it's not just the EVs, but the EV one is huge as well. Because if you've bought your EV for 80 grand and because of the way they're depreciating, it's now only worth 40 grand and 39 of that is the battery. There's actually no value in the car itself. So when it comes insurance time and you do have a crash, the companies just aren't going to want to fix them, which again has a knock-on effect with everything that, that the EV market is all about. Because if there's no value in the cars when they're secondhand, then it, then it impacts everything further along the chain. But like you say, insurance is, it is everybody that's being affected by that. We've got major problems in the UK with Range Rovers as well. So Range Rover are massively struggling over here because they're being stolen so much. And everybody's premiums, pretty much regardless of what car it is, is going up. And we're not talking going up by, you know, a few pounds either. I'm getting emails from people, um, you know, elderly drivers with, with little old cars that you wouldn't think their insurance premium is, there's no reason for it to go up. And they're emailing 
me saying, Jeff, it's gone up by 300 pounds a year. What's what's going on? So it's across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah, I find that myself. I mean, I, I got a shock. My insurance premium was due up for renewal there, uh, on the 1st of February. So, of course, they write out. I went through a broker and they said, OK, it's gone up from 680 last year to 850. And I, I said, well, why is this? Uh, what's the best you can do for me? And actually, you know what they do? They knock 50 or 60 quid off and they said, the best we can do is 770. And then I very blase said, forget about it. I'm going to go on to another price comparison website. I'm sure I can get it for a hell of a lot cheaper than that. Jeff, when I went on to confuse.com, the cheapest brokerage quote I got from them was 950 quid, right? Which was 300, 200 quid more expensive than the cheapest price my current insurer was offering me. And I have full no claims. You know, I don't use it for anything wild. The postcode's not bad. And when I asked them for the reason behind that, I asked the girl, and I wasn't expecting her to give me an answer. She said, we've been told by the insurance companies that the price of parts for secondhand cars has gone through the roof and there's no availability there. So if you do have a prank, we might have to pay to put you in a courtesy car for a very, very long time. It's just an absolute mess out there. And as a petrol head and a car enthusiast who keeps a finger on the pulse, would you concur with that? Is it a crazy market that we're in at the minute? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And then everything starts at the top, doesn't it? So in the UK now, we've got these electric vehicle mandates, which mean that manufacturers have to sell a certain number of electric cars. Otherwise, they're going to get fined. So the problem that you've got is if the car sales slow down at the top of the market, and if people are going to dealers and the dealer is only offering EV, what that person is going to do is they're going to go buy the used market. But that was a new car customer. So they're now in the used market, which is pushing the prices up of those used cars. And there's a knock on effect all the way down the line. So we've been seeing in the UK for the last few years, I'm now paying £1,500, £2,000 for a car that really is only worth 500 quid. So the prices are all up across the board. But as you say, if the cost of putting you in that courtesy car for three weeks is significantly higher than it used to be, which could also be as well, many of these hire companies dumped a lot of their hire cars after Corona, and I don't think they've replaced them. So I think there's a lot less hire cars around anyway, and less supply means higher price. So again, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of a perfect storm. The difficulty I have as, as you know, a, a motoring guys, I can't really see it getting any better. So I've got a, no. a multi-car policy. I've got a few classics on there as well, and all my cars are old, and none of them are really worth any money. But even I, you know, my renewal is going to be coming up in June. And right now I'm thinking, well, I've got, I think I've got seven cars on the policy at the moment. You know, combined value of all my cars is is nothing. They're all old and rubbish. But even I am thinking when it comes around to June, I could do with getting down to like three cars. So that, so, you know, if you say, oh, there's an agenda to get, to get us out of cars and to make the hobby unenjoyable. Well, it's it's working for me because I'm now thinking I'm going to get rid of half my cars because it's not worth keeping them. Oh, well, they've won. <laughs> it's worked. And I would say for you too, with all due respect, come June time, it'll be squeaky bum time for Jeff by oh, his will. cars. Maybe it'll be, maybe you're going to rename your YouTube channel Jeff Sells Cars when you get your, your next uh, you get your next uh, insurance premium right. uh, for absolutely a multi-car right. policy in June. We've got to take a real quick uh, headline break, uh, Jeff, just for 30 seconds. And when we come back, I want to look at some of the psychological issues that have come along with uh, EV ownership. And I'll delve into that in a little bit more detail uh, when we come back after the news headlines. So please stay tuned for more we'll be right back here on tnt today's news talk now tnt radio news you are completely obsessed with breaking news matt boyland here with your tnt headlines mark zuckerberg has apologized on national television to the families of children who have been harmed or sexually exploited on social media 
Pakistan's former Prime Minister Imran Khan has been handed another lengthy jail term, just a day after being jailed for a decade. And Russia and Ukraine have carried out their largest ever prisoner swap, each side releasing just under 200 captured soldiers. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, I'm just in a very frank and open conversation this morning with uh, Jeff Thompson, a.k.a. Jeff Buys Cars. And by the way, if you don't already do so, check out his YouTube channel, Jeff Buys Cars. And also you can follow him on X or Twitter at Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, Buys Cars. Now, something else that I want to look at this morning with you, it's a little bit uh, off topic, but it ties in with the EV thing. And by the way, let me make it clear. I'm like you, if someone wants to buy an EV, if someone wants to run an EV, let them crack on. I have no problem with it. If they want to be a cyclist, if they want to be a foot passenger, want to use public transport, that's their call. My issue with uh, also like your issue is when you try and force this down people's throats. And two things that have cropped up apparently as a result of EV ownership are two conditions that have now been recognized by psychologists, right? The first one of which is called charging anxiety. And the other one is called range anxiety. Okay. Charging anxiety and range anxiety. So basically, you know, when you get your mobile phone, some people are happy to let it run to the red line before they stick it into the charger. Other people, when it dips down into the yellow bar, they panic. They feel they have to hook that thing up. Apparently, the same thing is happening with EV owners. They want to be as charged as possible at all times. So you'll see them with the the wires coming out at the supermarkets if they can find a charging port. They're afraid. They're afraid of the charge dropping down low. It's giving them issues. And range anxiety is another one. I felt a little bit smug last night. I put petrol or diesel in my car. I hit the trip computer and it estimated I had a range of about 520 miles if I drive conservatively. That made me feel good. When I press that starter button, the car starts and I could drive, you know, to land's end if I wanted to. Not so much the case. If you're a Tesla driver, what do you reckon? Are they are they going to start cracking up and needing medication before year end? Well, we've seen all sorts going on in in both uh, range anxiety and and charge anxiety. But I think it's funny what you just said there about you get that great feeling when you when you've it's usually payday, isn't it? Payday comes around and you put a full tank in, having put like twenty or thirty pound in throughout the month. You put that full tank in, and you think I've got five six hundred miles I can play with here. But for me, that that's like the essence of freedom, you know? Yeah. That that feeling of I can go wherever I want. And if I don't take my mobile phone with me, no one will know that I'm there. And again, that sort of plays into what I think the EV agenda is all about. You can't have an EV without a smartphone. You can't have it without a smart card. And everybody, you know, your, your energy provider knows exactly where you are. Your bank probably knows exactly where you are. But on, on the range anxiety stuff, I mean, th- there was a phrase that propped up the last time we did a YouTube channel challenge where a gentleman said to Lee, the other YouTuber I do the, the challenges with, he said, ABC, always be charging, which means anytime you go anywhere, you go for a coffee, you go to get your hair cut, you go to the supermarket, you got to find somewhere to plug in your car. Now, I don't know about you, but my life's too short for that, far yeah. too short. So it just means everywhere you are, you're sniffing around for the next charger. You're adding yourself extra brakes on your journey to, to, to get your car charged. And then you've got the... The, the 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 rage that we're seeing at charging points you know particularly on key holidays so in the uk christmas time we've got a couple of key service stations just off the motorway towards the lake district 
strict. And there were queues, like miles of queues for people to get their cars charged. And then you've got people almost breaking out into fights. You get to the charger, the charger's not working. There's somebody else trying to charge theirs. You want to get in first. It's, it's interesting to watch it unfold, but you can, you can see the mental strain that this has on people. Because if you've got something like a long range Tesla, you might have 300 or so miles to play with. But some of these smaller EVs, the little Peugeots and the little Vauxhalls, they've got 150 miles range. And in most yeah. of my cars, that's the point that the fuel light comes on. And that's full. So you're meant to be charged. You know, they, they say don't charge over 80 percent and then fill up when you get to less than 20 percent. So you've only got 60 percent of the true car's range to play with anyway. And on a small EV, you've got 60 miles before you've got to stop to charge again. You can almost walk Where's that. The fun? It's Where's the fun? Where's the fun? And Where do you know what? Fun? Actually, Where just talking fun? to you, just talking to you this morning, I can think of another syndrome that might appear for people like us: SDS, smug driver diesel syndrome, whereby we waft past uh, these uh, queues of uh, frustrated EV owners uh, scrambling for charging points. We don't have that problem. Uh, there's one one other thing uh, I want to touch on with you just before we wrap this up uh, at 22. Uh, you made a really good post on your Twitter page. Somebody had put a a message up uh, to say, "Hey." up jeff just watch with my wife who posed the question if compulsory ev world is forced upon us what happens to house prices and you made a really good point you said listen we will never get there evs were never meant to replace every internal combustion engine car they're only there to get you out of your old car then destroy that industry completely and my friend ben Pyle, who comes on here a lot he runs a website called climate debate uk he said listen evs are simply a bridge a bridge to possibly owning no cars at all or being completely dependent on public transport. Do you still stand by that? Because I, I do believe that myself. I think they're a bridging tool because the bubble is bursting. And then when you get out of those cars, if the government gets their way and you can't buy any new internal combustion engine cars, it means we're, we're really stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, 100%. And you've only got to look at what's going on with the EV market. So, you know, they're struggling to sell new. They're absolutely hardly selling at all secondhand. But now you've got a real shift in the media. So whereas for the last few years, the media has been very much pro EV, we're now starting to see the media go for electric vehicles. We're seeing um, government legislation and taxation go for electric vehicles. So electric vehicles in the UK now, they're going to have to pay road tax. So all of the incentives and all of the great things, great things in inverted commas, about EVs that got people into them in the first place, the rug is now starting to be pulled from underneath them. And with that, because the car manufacturers are so heavily invested in EV technology, well, what happens next? Well, when you've thrown all your money and put all your eggs in one basket, where does it really leave you? So these manufacturers at the moment, they're really struggling. You know, they can't they can't sell these EVs. They're being heavily discounted. I saw one this morning. It's a Peugeot E. I think it's the E208. They're 30 grand. You can now pick one up brand new for less than 15. So the, the mm -hmm. discounts that they're having to put on these cars to try and shift them, the, the, the knock-on effect for the manufacturers is huge. So I think we're going to start to see a major deconstruction of the car industry because they've all you know, jumped down that, that idea of EVs and it's started to bite them. Uh, it is. It's biting, biting them in the ass quite heavily. You know what? I, I I could talk to you about this until the cows come home. It's something that it's a fascinating topic for me to see how it's all unraveling. But we're pretty much out of time now. The one thing I would again urge people to do is check out uh, Jeff's 
uh, YouTube channel, which is Jeff Buys Cars on YouTube. And he does give an open and honest assessment of life with an EV. He did go and he did take a Tesla out for a tax drive. So there's a warts and all 50 odd minute long clip on that where he's being honest and he's being open about it, but he's also not uh, following any particular agenda. So I would really encourage you to check that out. He's got a great YouTube channel and I have actually been dipping in and out to it. Personally, set aside from TNT, I really like it, like the content. So check it out, Jeff Buys Cars on YouTube and also his uh, X page or Twitter page at Jeff Buys Cars. Listen, many thanks to you uh, for coming on this morning and uh, putting a smile on a lot of people's faces. There's a ton of people in the live chat at the minute leaving tons of comments about this. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to read them, but rest assured uh, you're striking a chord with many listeners here this morning. So big thanks to you, Jeff, and hopefully uh, we'll talk again uh, sooner rather than later here on TNT, if that's okay with you. And uh, big thanks for you taking time out of your day this morning. So uh, we've got to take a break right now. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to talk to Darren Ansel from the Vibs NI group, the Vaccine Injured Breathed group in Northern Ireland, and we're going to get an update on what they're about here on TNT, today's News Talk. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last week, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Texas must take down the razor wire fences they put up along their border to keep illegals out of the state of Texas. Listen to this exchange from Fox's Peter Ducey and John Kirby, National Security Council spokesman. Why are you guys making it easier for people to enter the country illegally? I don't believe we are. Why do you think we are? Well, you guys sued to cut razor wire that was put in place by Texas officials. So that the Border Patrol could actually do their jobs, but keep going. The Border Patrol Union president is saying the Supreme Court's decision is going to undoubtedly encourage more illegal immigration. Do you guys know better than the Border Patrol Union? Good question, but listen carefully to the answer from Kirby. The Border Patrol needed access and that's why we sued to get rid of that uh, razor wire so that they could do their jobs does razor wire work does razor wire work for what does it work for the border patrol to allow them to have the access they need to be able to uh, to better process people that are uh, trying to get across the border? I don't think so, and that's why we asked for it to be removed. So Kirby does not deny that the razor wire fences work, but he says it has to come down so border agents could do their job, which is processing the illegals. But the wire fences keep them out. Insane. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. Pre-diabetes does. One in three adults has pre-diabetes, but with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. And you can change the outcome. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test today. Go to doihaveprediabetes.org. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud. Just absolutely mud. So the country has been prolonged for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution, and we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into the unit, and we have all four of your cats. So, uh, oh, 
Okay. And around the world. For any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed, and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting. Caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. This is Locked and Loaded with Rick Munn on TNT. Yes, Locked and Loaded with Rick Munn, TNT, today's news talk. That's who you're listening to. That's what you're listening to. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jeff Thompson. Jeff buys cars. Had a little dig into the live chat during the break there. So thank you so much for all the lovely comments that you people have been leaving for us here this morning. Just waiting to connect in with Darren Ansel uh, from Northern Ireland. He is part of the Vibs NI group, the Vaccine Injured and Bereaved uh, group in Northern Ireland, who are trying to get their voice heard at Stormont because there's been a lot of people over here have uh, lost their lives because of the COVID vaccines and, of course, been injured either directly or they've seen a family member suffer as a result of that. So hopefully he's going to be joining us shortly to give us an update on what's happening on that front. Just while we're waiting for Darren to connect, uh, I've just seen another story that's just came in here this morning from Grip Media. The owners of the Blarney Stone in Ireland have received six. €629,000 over five months for providing asylum accommodation, where the likely income for putting up the tourists or business visitors in the same period would just have been €250,000, uh, uh, the report has written uh, by Matt Tracy has said. So think about that. You own a hotel if you want to bring tourists in and keep the tourist industry alive in the area because obviously people are going to be going visit local attractions and they're going to be staying in local accommodation, drinking in local bars and eating in local restaurants. That will be worked out. They'll get 250 grand. If they get down the asylum seeker route, it will be worth 650,000 pounds. So please don't tell me that they're not trying to destroy the tourist industry in Ireland. But anyway, we have Darren uh, connected now. A uh, big welcome to you this morning, Mr. Darren Ansel. How are you doing today? Not too bad, Rick. A few technical issues, but we got there in the end. Do you know what? Persistence, my friend, is the key in life, as you're probably saying. It applies to technology. It applies to radio. It applies to Vibs NI Group as well. You have to be persistent or absolutely nothing will get done. I think that's a very valuable life lesson that we're all learning as we go along, Darren. Very much so, Rick. So thanks very much for inviting us on today. 
Absolutely welcome. Uh, for those of you, uh, I've spoke to you before, uh, Darren, along with uh, Kathy, and also, of course, um, uh, Johnny Weissman, various members of, and Sharon Kelso as well, various members of the Vibs group. I just wanted to get an update. You have a, a Twitter page at Vibs, V-I-B-S underscore N-I. It's the Vaccine Injured and Bereaved Support Group for Northern Ireland. You've been campaigning tirelessly uh, since you guys got together to get your voices heard in Stormont. Uh, what's the current state of play? with that there's a lot of uh, political maneuvering going on this week with the DUP apparently coming back into power sharing again imminently uh how do you think that's going to impact on you guys getting your voices heard well it's to date Rick it has been exactly 166 days today since we first contacted our politicians so for the viewers or listeners to let that sink in that's 166 days that these guys have been ignoring us Mm -hmm. um, we still have no breakthrough, uh, despite all our attempts, uh, and I mean emails, phone calls, uh, we've had politicians even um, claim to want to back the, the uh, event instalment on Twitter when they're getting attacking MLAs who would be sympathetic to our cause, like Paul Fu. but whenever we contact them, they completely ignore us, the likes of Paul. Mm -hmm. We're talking about uh, the politician Paul Frey, that's part of the uh, DUP party uh, in the in Northern Ireland. I've just uh, broken a little bit of connection there with Darren, but we're hopefully that he'll be able to stay on the line. I'll just expand on a little bit on what he's actually said. Uh, there was a post put up uh, this week by citizen journalists uh, in Northern Ireland, and uh, they said within the Northern Ireland establishment there is a belief and a hope that the crimes committed against the people during COVIDianism will be forgotten. Uh, they believe it is all done and dusted well it isn't darn you're back with us again there i'm just reading out a post uh, no it's okay i'm just reading out a post because you know i'm a super professional when somebody drops out i just pick up the ball and keep on rolling here but it was linking into something that it was going to say to you anyway uh citizen journals put a post up to say within northern ireland establishment there's a belief and a hope that the crimes committed against the people during covidianism will all be forgotten about they believe it's all done and dusted well it isn't rest assured it isn't we have a big bright torch would it be fair to say that what these politicians are trying to do the ones that won't back you, the ones that won't give you a, 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 how would you say, a support to come and get your voice heard and storming. They're just hoping you'll shut up, you'll dry up and you'll blow away. Yes, that is a very fair point to, to say. I'll, I'll give you some background. Um, we, we have got some support with one political party, which is the DUP. Uh, the DUP have been very supportive of MP Andrew Bridgen's debates in Westminster. He's held two debates in December and January for excess deaths and vaccine harms. So we were very lucky to have five of the DUP MPs attend those uh, debates in Westminster. So there certainly is some support. But in Northern Ireland, the, the politics in Northern Ireland, to get that to get a, a debate in Stormont, you need two sides of the divide. Now, what's frustrating is you have the likes of Michelle O'Neill's party, Sinn Féin, who on her bio, she claims that she is a party for all. She works for all communities. But in my experience, unfortunately, not the uh, vaccine injured community, because we have been blanked by Sinn Féin, despite our many attempts. So there is a little bit of hope here with Stormont coming back that we know where these politicians are now. We know where they're going to be day in, day out. So um, they will have to face us at some point. 
uh, they're not they're not going to be able to get away with this any any longer in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said there about a little bit of support from the DUP. One uh, one guy in particular has been very vocal, uh, speaking out against the lockdown, speaking out about uh, uninformed consent with people getting the jobs. Has been Paul Fruit, who is a politician for the DUP uh, up in uh, County Antrim. He said uh, on the back of what the Citizen Journal's post was, he said, "I won't rest until the vaccine injured and bereaved community." receives the recognition and care that they deserve. I won't rest until the ability to discriminate and coerce folk to take medication and the ability to lock them down, making human uh, contact illegal has been removed. And what's important here is, you know, some people might try and turn this into, you know, it's a nationalist versus a unionist thing. The the vaccine doesn't discriminate. Uh, It doesn't know if you're a Protestant or Catholic or if you're orange or green. It doesn't discriminate when that thing goes into your body. So for one political party, for example, the like of Sinn Féin, if they're not giving the nationalist vote or the SDLP for that matter that you need to be able to take this to storm and you know they're not discriminating against somebody who's backed by the DUP because the vaccine doesn't discriminate these jabs don't discriminate who they harm and kill do they no it's, it's been incredibly frustrating because some political parties out there and we're not in, in, in this for party uh, politics mm-hmm. all we're here is to represent and give those a voice who are being vastly ignored by the media uh, as well as the politicians, but yes, some some political groups, I suppose, have tried to turn us into political football. When the likes of Paul Fury has been uh, trying to put this forward, on the likes of you know social media posts, he has been he has been attacked by all sorts of parties, yeah. turning this into uh, a debate on whether the DUP should get back to Stormont. Well, we did contact these parties. We contacted them and says, look, this is not about green or orange. This is not about Catholic or Protestant. You know, some of our some of those who have contacted us have been contacting our MLAs, and our MLAs have just basically ignored them. They've either ignored them or they have tried to um, push them on to the vaccine and COVID uh, COVID inquiry or the MHRA. You know, this is not good enough, in, in my opinion. This is not good enough. These people have been uh, gaslighted by their politicians. They were told that they should go out and get a vaccine that was safe and effective. They were coerced into taking this these people took the government advice and now that they took the government advice and the politicians advice and now they're suffering the side effects of these COVID 19 injections their politicians have basically turned their backs on them coerced them and then they have now gas gaslit them uh, so our job now is is we need to ensure that these politicians will no longer get away with what what they're doing these people will never go away we hear we hear some horrendous stories of, of how these jobs have turned people's lives upside down. And it's time now that our politicians stood up and started to defend these people. Our role within Vibs NI is, is not only to shine a light uh, and get these people support, but we need to change how politics is done in Northern Ireland. We need to change how these people are seen. They're victims. They're victims of vaccine harm. Every, every medical product does have a side effect. But for some reason, the COVID-19 injections, you know, it has been actually admitted by uh, by our, our CMO. Um, and it's also been in a, a, a tweet, basically, in, a, in an interview with the BBC, uh, William Crawley's show, I can't remember who it was, um, our chief scientific advisor, admitted that every, every injection will have side effects. Mm-hmm. The MHRA have already given us the detail in Northern Ireland of over 5,000 reactions to these COVID-19 injections. We've had three confirmed deaths by the coroner's office and they were investigating over 50 at the time last year. 
So there is people suffering. Mm-hmm. But you see, these politicians, in my view, they know that they have pushed people into taking vaccines. They know now it's cause of damage and they do not want to face up to this, but they have to. They, they do. Uh, but do you not find that the politician's normal method of operation is when they're confronted with something like that? Number one, as you've rightly pointed out, you get gaslit. And number two, they seem to double down in their position. So yesterday, I don't know if you saw or not, uh, Rishi Sunak stood up in the House of Commons and addressed the Commons. And he said, I just want to use this opportunity to reiterate to you that these COVID vaccines are actually safe. Notice he dropped the word effective. That was the mantra. They're safe and effective. They're not effective anymore, at least not according to Rishi yesterday. But he keeps banging on about how safe they are. And as you rightly point out, with every uh, medication that you take, it could be a paracetamol. You could have an adverse reaction to that. People were not made aware of the risk of these that were told this is 100% safe, it's 100% of effective. You know, you can go back and watch the video replays of these so-called celebrity doctors being wheeled out on morning TV uh, shows in the mornings trying to encourage people to take these jobs up three years ago. Oh, it's 100% effective, it's completely safe, it's been tested, you have nothing to worry about. But the people that you're dealing with uh, would say otherwise. Another question that I have for you, Darren, is obviously I'm more than happy to give you guys as much time as I can to try to highlight this uh, through the platform that I have here on uh, TNT, Today's News Talk. What about other outlets within Northern Ireland? Have you approached any uh, mainstream, like the BBC, you know, you, you think of Stephen Nolan with the, the, the BBC show. Uh, have you been hit with a brick wall with that as well? Rick, I put out a, uh, or Vim's put out a, uh, an email to all of the mainstream media outlets approximately about three to four months ago. Every single one of them ignored us. The Belfast Telegraph, the newsletter, the Irish News, every single one of them. There seems to be this blank wall, this wall has been mm-hmm. put up that they do not want to know. And in no terms do they discuss this. Well, look, there's a title we have common here. We have people who are very qualified, who worked in in hospital environments with medical backgrounds, who have been seriously injured, ended up with with conditions called the likes of POTS, who who have this in their hospital notes. We have other people who have had injuries, which has been admitted by hospitals and doctors. They've got the notes. These injuries are taking place, but these people are not given the voice. And we must ensure that our politicians give these people victim status. In other words, they are recognised that they have been victims of medical harm where they will get the support that their GPs can no longer ignore them or gaslight them into thinking it's in their head because a lot of that takes place too. Oh, it's in your head. It's nothing to do with the vaccine. It's everything else, but it's nothing to do with the vaccine. We're not saying in some cases it is a vaccine, but these things need to be looked at and they, and they aren't. Uh, and the strange thing is, you would think, you know, with the mainstream media being the sensationalist folk that they are, you would think that they would want to be all over a story that involves, you know, medical malpractice or lack of informed consent or people being killed or people being maimed as a result of this. And the numbers are growing week in, week out, month in, month out. You would think they would jump all over a story like that. But the fact that you've been hit by a wall of silence, I think, speaks volumes, does it not, uh, uh, Darren? Well, if you have the likes of... of- of the likes of the Stephen Nolans here in Northern Ireland and the William Crawleys who were at the very forefront of pushing these vaccines and calling people who who refused to take them, you know, and threatened their jobs if they didn't take them. You know, how can they go back on that now? Because then they'll have to admit, sorry, we were wrong. You know, and look, what I would like to say is um, we have a lot of other things going on at the minute. We have the likes of our support base. 
Um, and only if our politicians would visit and meet these these people who are now coming to us for support. And that support may be just them talking to each other, you know, but we do have support days now where, where we put it on our social media pages that those people who have been affected can come and talk to each other. Uh, we also have some volunteer days coming up because now with the, with VIBS with growing and the community of, of, of vaccine injured growing, we need to get this message out to more and more people. So we do need more volunteers to come in and, and help VIBS and I. Well, I think uh, the best thing to do is, because we're coming up to time here, Dan, you guys do have a website and you do have a social media page. If you check out, uh, if you use the X or Twitter platform, if you check out at VIBS, V-I-B-S underscore N-I, that will take you through to that uh, uh, X or Twitter page. And also you have a website, which is slightly different. It's VIBS hyphen, VIBS hyphen ni.co.uk there's a section on there i had a little browse on it last night about the events that you've organized uh meet the team it lets you know a little bit about the people that are involved and what you're doing and of course you've rightly pointed out uh sharon kelso was on here and she talked very powerfully about uh, the loss of her daughter and the fact that there's uh open she's having open houses sometimes people can get together sure. have a chat or find out a little bit more about what you're doing so massive respect to you guys uh thank you darren as well for taking time out this morning to come on here and give us an update uh, on the progress that you're making towards getting your voices heard and please if you haven't already done so connect with them at vibs-ni.co.uk and find out a little bit more about the great work that these guys are doing so massive respect to you Darren thanks to you again big love to all your group and uh, thank you people for listening in this morning too it's been a powerful couple of hours I'll be back again in the morning at 9am with Natalie on Open Line and in the meantime don't go away James Freeman is incoming here on TNT today's News Talk News Talk